Welcome to Executive Tools. Measuring your organization's one-on-ones, part two. Here we go. This cast answers these questions. How can I tell if managers who report to me are rolling out one-on-ones? How can I measure whether one-on-ones are being done? How can I reinforce one-on-ones in my organization? Well, if you want to answer to these questions and more, keep listening. All right, Mark, so last week we talked about the controversial first point, which is make one-on-ones mandatory. And folks, if you haven't listened to part one, listen to part one before going on. Otherwise, you'll just your just head will be spinning this in, the entire time. And what Mark and I say will be nothing but white noise. So I think, Mark, you, you convinced me. I mean, you've convinced me that one-on-one should be <laughs> mandatory. So assuming everybody's like me, we'll move on. Our next point is we start getting into the actual measurement of one-on-ones, right? And the first, the first way to do that is simply ask every week in your one-on-one, how many did you do? Pretty simple. Yeah. Managers are surprised that simply insisting or making something mandatory doesn't necessarily mean it happens. No, no. Wait a minute. I said it. I said it's mandatory. What do you mean? Yeah. The concept of free will is an astounding thing at times. It's not enough Inconvenient. to exist. Inconvenient. Yeah, as far as exactly. <laughs> when, when we use role power, we get compliance rather than commitment. And what we know is compliance rather than commitment is often marked by, well, we'll call it spotty performance or less than ideal implementation. If your directs are doing something solely because they have to do it versus want to do it, data shows that they're less likely to approach it in a disciplined way or to work hard to master the skill or task. I mean, when you say it like that, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But I still want I still want mandatory to mean they'll absolutely do it. No, nope, that's not that's not the way it's gonna be. So we don't expect our managers who report to us to become expert relationship building managers just because we insist on them doing one-on-ones. In order for that to happen, they'd have to have a bit of a conversion, you know, a, a road to Damascus kind of moment. If they weren't doing it to begin with, they probably don't value relationships. So to make something mandatory and then for them suddenly to discover the value of the relationship, that's a a pretty big deal in most cases if they're not behind the idea to begin with. So what we want to do is get them over what we would call the McGuire hump or the horseman curve, the point that if you want to get much better at something, you're going to have to go through a period of time where it's harder so you can learn and master um, the new skill. And the learning process, the difficult process, is the, the McGuire hump, um, that first part where things are harder, um, named after our good friend and client, Dan McGuire. And once they get over the hump, they can begin to, to, to see the benefits of O3s, develop their own commitment energy so that we can get rid of them using the compliance energy of our mandate. And look, the simple fact is, we can use one of the greatest management principles in the world, actually the greatest management principle in the world, so named for the title of the book it's in, and that is the things that get measured are the things that get done. We measure simply whether or not they're doing their one-on-ones. I love this part because this is an opportunity to create this very complex spreadsheet with variance to, you know, um, to the standard, you know, standard deviations, all that. Kind of, I mean, probably could come up yeah. with three or four sheets in a workbook to, to do that. I think if you work real hard at it, you come up with a pivot table in there. Oh, now, now you got my blood going. Okay. Pivot. Okay. Yeah. But no, no, you're gonna tell me, no, don't do no. that. Yeah. Rather than creating a tracking spreadsheet 
and giving them a reporting task on top of their behavior change, which they may not be into yet, we use one of the simplest tools available to all of us. We simply ask them during our one-on-one with them, during our portion of our one-on-one with them, they're the direct, so they went first, we simply ask them, how many of your one-on-ones did you do last week? That's it. And we just write down their answer. That's it. I mean, that, that doesn't seem very scientific. Yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, technology is great for complex reporting, and it's great for automating data gathering and data aggregation so that you can come up with a, a report that's easy for people far away from the behaviors to read and understand. But for most managers with their directs at virtually any level, something simple works best. And reporting is as simple as the manager finding out. Usually it's a passive finding out, meaning, okay, Mike's my boss. He makes me write a report and he doesn't have to do anything. He just has to look at it. On the other hand, asking one question in one half hour meeting is fairly passive and again, doesn't require a lot of work, but sends a powerful message about how important you believe this behavior change or culture change will be for your organization, for the managers in your organization. That's right. And the people who are uncomfortable with this simplistic way of measuring, asking the question, then writing down the answer in one-on-ones, I just ask you to think about what the intent is, right? The intent is not to create all sorts of variances and percentages and graphs over time. That might be interesting to some of you, but our intent here is simply to get your managers to do one-on-ones. That's it. Compliance with your stated rule of doing doing O3s, right? That's, that's it. And anything else is just wasted effort. Yeah. When you start asking, particularly if you haven't if you've to- you haven't said anything about well we're going to do a report and we're going to keep I'm going to expect you to report on it weekly or all of you are going to send it in it's going to be aggregated so I'll be able to see it and so on. When you start asking, people are going to realize, oh, she was serious. I used to joke with people that that um, you know I think in the 80s it was yeah it was the 80s management by walking around was a big deal. I think Tom Peters put it in one of his books. And, um, oh, it's a big deal. You know, it's great. You get to show your face and so on. Dudes, one of the reasons that worked is because it was about measuring. It was about reporting. You wanted to go see what people were doing. Yes, of course, you wanted to press the flash. You, you wanted to say hello. You wanted to get out of your office. But it was also you showing up, you being aware, them knowing you were being aware. And measuring by asking is one of the most underused, super simple, non-invasive, non-difficult um, tools that managers have. You, you check. You simply check on things. You measure by asking. You measure by checking. You remind by inquiring. And basically what it does is it'll give us a simple sense of who is complying, who is struggling, and who's doing fine. If any of your directs had any doubts that you were engaged in a flavor of the month exercise, right? Oh, we're not going to do this because the boss says it's interesting, but he's done this before, particularly if he's a high I or a high D. He says it's important, yeah. but 
three or four weeks later. It'll go away. It's Yeah, it's going to go away. And so we teach so many companies, so many executives, so many managers, teach their people to resist all new managerial behaviors because they're all flavor of the month. And if everyone resists for a month, the manager will say, gee, this is much harder than I thought. Or people don't seem to be liking it as if liking it is the most important thing for a managerial behavior. And so uh, I'm just not going to do it. It's too hard. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. But if you start asking every week once they start doing one-on-ones, that'll dispel that idea pretty quickly. And look, we don't need to measure the quality of their one-on-ones in the beginning. Remember, yours probably weren't outstanding in the beginning. In the beginning of measuring just about anything, measure quantity, not quality. Let quantity, volume, practice ultimately lead to quality. And when you think about it, if you've been doing one-on-ones per our guidance and rolling down the Trinity for about four months before they start doing one-on-ones, if you followed our guidance, it'll be time for you to give them positive feedback when they meet the standards. And you can do it in the one-on-one. It's super easy. So all you got to do, every single one-on-one you have, how many of your one-on-ones did you last week? Six. Okay, great. Thanks. And then if you want to give feedback later, if you want to give feedback at that time, that's great. And then pay attention. Watch it go from six to seven to six to five to seven to eight to eight to nine to nine to nine to nine to nine. And suddenly they're there. And how hard is it? It takes 10 seconds. That's all. Okay. So then we're measuring, we're asking. And then I guess the next the next thing is once we start doing that, then you start looking at trends, right? And not any particular week, things happen, right? One-on-one may not happen for a particular week for a good reason, but you're looking for overall trends. Yeah, just because you're measuring every week doesn't mean a low number or a bad week is necessarily necessarily dispositive. It doesn't say, oh yeah, that, well, that person's failing. If one bad week would be failing, then you'd have to mandate it and put in place a fairly complex system to avoid that first week being bad. I don't know that many managers who have more than five, certainly not more than 10 directs, who say, oh, yeah, I did 100% of my one-on-ones the first week. On the other hand, 70% the first week is fine. Yeah, any new system you put in place, you're not going to be perfect right off the bat. Yeah, too many measuring systems overemphasize each data point. But it's not each data point that matters. It's the patterns that you see that matters. And here's the thing. For a fairly new thing that you're comfortable doing, that you're looking at them to do, you don't have to transfer the numbers you write down in your one-on-one notes to somewhere else. You'll be able to look at each person. After three or four weeks, you can look at each person in about five seconds and see their numbers from the previous weeks and this week's. And you'll have a rough sense of how everyone's doing overall. You'll decide, you know what? Everybody's at 90% or above. I can say something, hey, great, guys. Glad to see it in my next staff meeting. Or if people aren't doing a lot of them and you ask a couple of follow-up questions, then you could say, okay, we got an issue here. We got people. I'm stepping on them. Somebody else is stepping on them. Uh, People think they can't do them on the road, whatever. And you can cover that in a staff meeting. You said that every... um that one data point is not a big deal, right? Missing one week is not a big deal. We can forgive that mistake. Yeah. So, so what's a reasonable percentage to hold people accountable to? What's what's the matter? You you mentioned ninety percent. Is that the standard? No. Look, what our data show is that eighty five percent is the level at which you get the improvement in results and retention that our previous studies have shown. So, eighty five percent is ultimately the standard. 
But if you had to ask me in the first six months, I'd say as long as they can hit 75%, we're on the right track. Okay. And so if you have two to three weeks where your managers aren't achieving 75%, now it might be worth asking about them. Hey, look, you know, where are we? What's going on? What's happening? What's keeping you from doing this? And, you know, some people will say, well, I'm just, just learning. Don't know how. Always remember when people say that, if you're asking them to schedule something, they're not learning. Okay. Learning would be about the one-on-ones, learning how to ask questions and so on. Learning how to schedule something and how to keep their calendar, that's not learning. So it's not that hard to have them. And that's all we're measuring right now is whether they're having them. They may be horrible, but generally speaking, if you have reasonable people working for you, the first one-on-ones people do are not going to be horrible. Okay. So it seems pretty clear to me that at first we're focusing on measuring quantity, right? Right. Do them, not how well you do them, but at some point, we start to be interested in the quality of those one-on-ones. So, so what do we do in terms of measuring quality of one-on-ones? Well, the first thing you realize is some people are going to tell you they're having a pretty high quantity, but the quality is low, or they're going to tell you, unfortunately, they have pretty high quantity and they aren't actually meeting that standard. Um, fibbing happens. So after two to three months of one-on-ones, it's likely you'll have identified one, two, maybe more managers who need additional encouragement or guidance to get over that first McGuire's hump period about the new behavior. And you probably had some success getting them where they need to be. And you also had a couple of people that are hitting it out of the park. So when you begin, if you want to begin checking quality, ask them to bring in their one-on-one notes after they've been doing them for two to three months. That's enough time for them to have gotten comfortable Okay. First couple of meetings, maybe they maybe they walk into one and they don't have any note taking equipment. That would be weird, but or maybe the first couple of times they just don't think the note taking thing is all that good, all that important. A lot of people say that. Also, it gives you a chance to check whether or not they're typing one on one notes. But boy, I tell you, I was at Apple last week and ah, oh, the people telling me how oh typing's just better. Um, and I finally said, okay, I agree, typing's better for you. It's not for you that the notes are for. So give them some advance notice that you're going to check and say, look, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to ask to see your notes. I just want to make sure the themes are right, that we're on the right track. I know I won't be able to read all your notes. I'll be able to read some of them. I just want to see that we're creating a good history. I know that if you take notes, you remember more. I know that every business meeting we all go to, we take notes. I know that taking notes sends the right message to your directs that this is important. And this is another chance to check quantity and quality um, because they won't be able to recreate notes if they don't have them. So if you tell them a week in advance, hey, next week, I'm going to want you to bring in your one-on-one notes, and they only bring in one week's worth, then that will tell you that they weren't doing notes. And so that was a quality uh, issue on their part. And so you could say something. At this point, you could say something to them and say, hey, can I give some feedback? When I ask you to do one-on-ones, or when you when you do one-on-ones and you're supposed to be taking notes and you don't take them, it just kind of bumps me out. Um, it's not that hard. Can you start taking notes in the future? Yeah, definitely. I'll start taking notes. Okay, great. And look, it's also another check about, I mentioned quantity, about whether or not they're actually doing the one-on-ones. If they've been saying they've been doing them every week, there ought to be plenty of notes. It may not be perfect, but it's an indicator. Then again, you're also checking whether or not they're taking notes. 
And then again, you're checking whether or not they're taking notes by hand, which is a different problem. Then they're ta- then you're checking to see whether or not they're taking useful notes. Can they read them? Can they recreate the one-on-one? And again, then you can also, at this point, timing-wise, and rolling down the Trinity timeline, you can give them negative feedback if it's called for, or, as well, positive feedback, too. Yeah, or and. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we, we've measured the quantity. We've, we've talked about the quality by looking at the notes. What's the next step in ensuring compliance with the, <laughs> with the idea of one-on-ones every week being mandatory? The whole point of your directs, your direct manager's one-on-ones is to for them to build a better relationship with their directs who happen to be your skips. So the final test of your directs one-on-ones is whether their directs validate that they're being done and done well and there's value in the organization. So you can do that by either asking individual skips what their experience has been when you're running in the hall. Hey, how was your one-on-one with your boss last week? We started doing that. I'm wondering how it's going. And ask and see what you get. But the best way to get a sense of whether one-on-ones are truly taking root as a sustainable manager tool in your organization is to hear from them as a group and to reinforce your message to them as a group. It'll also save you some time to you know give the message to everybody. And look, when you ask individuals, you get good information. Perhaps they'll tell others that you were asking. Maybe they'll even tell their own boss that, hey, by the way, your your boss asked me how the one-on-ones are going. I kind of fibbed. You haven't done them in a couple of weeks. Hey, boss, I know you're busy. No problem. But when you ask your skips in a group, they all know you asked. They all know it. And now they have a common experience. You also get to share what you intended by having one-on-ones done by their bosses, and it's very possible their bosses didn't do a briefing. You get to reinforce, again, whatever message did get through or deliver messages that didn't get through, uh, even though they should have. And remember, uh, you may have to listen to our guidance on skip-level meetings, but you don't have your directs in that meeting. And we have an agenda, and we tell you what questions to ask. And so you could say, how are the one-on-ones going? Or you could start with, how many of you had one-on-ones with your boss this week? Raise your hand if you've had one-on-ones every week without fail for the last three months. See how many hands you get. And you're going to start to get a sense of, you're going to be able to put together, okay, who's doing them, who's not? Who's saying they're doing them and not? Who's doing them quietly and their people love them and um, they don't make a big deal out of it. This is all just part of a suite of tools that are low impact, super easy for you to use, and will help you judge the quantity and quality of a cultural change that you want to implement. And people are saying, wow, when I think about it, I guess you're right. I guess maybe I don't know what's happening down there. And people wonder why CEOs say it takes seven years to fundamentally transform a large organization. We're talking months here just to get one layer of managers doing one-on-ones at a high level. Because again, we know the compliance that comes from mandating something using our role power is spotty and you have to check and you have to measure and you have to do it over and over and over again. Yeah. You know, one thing about skip level meetings, number one, in my time as an executive, those were my favorite meetings of all. I loved. Really? I I loved, uh, I loved them. Yeah. I loved them. And I think my skips liked them as well, but it was I found them very, very useful. But point relative to one-on-ones, what I've personally found was by stressing the need for one-on-ones and sharing my thoughts about one-on-ones and the purpose of one-on-ones, I made life easier for the managers 
right? Because the skips now understood the importance of it and became more willing and more supportive of one-on-ones. And so I use that with my managers. I think managers often get um, a little bit nervous about skip levels because they never know yeah, what their skips like, yeah. are going to say. And so one of my ways of massaging their their concerns was stressing or sharing with them the uh, the benefit to them of these uh, skip level meetings. Yeah, I like it. So look, summarizing, if you're doing one-on-ones as a director, it's time to insist that your managers do them well as well. Don't suggest, don't encourage, insist. Uh, use rule power if you have to, and ask every week how many of your their one-on-ones did they do. Track their performance, look at their notes, have a skip level meeting. This will help you create the right culture in your organization. And at some point, the need to have mandated one-on-ones will have gone away. Awesome. I enjoyed it. Thanks, dude. Anytime, partner. Thanks. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one.